Today's episode of Tyson Tate is brought to you by the Maui Invitational. Are you ready to join your fellow boosters and basketball fans at the premier early season college basketball tournament? Then you have to go to the 2021 Maui Gym Maui Invitational that will feature Butler, Chaminade, Houston, Notre Dame, Oregon, St. Mary's, Texas A&M, and Wisconsin as they compete for the coveted Wayne Duke Championship Trophy. Uh, sounds so good to say that again. Fans can reserve a school-specific three-game booster package or catch all 12 games through the purchase of an all-tournament package. That includes tickets. That includes a hotel. That includes shuttle to and from the Lahaina Civic Center for all the games. And, of course, a pair of Maui Gym sunglasses. Early bird pricing ends July 30th, so you better do it ASAP. Head to MauiInvitational.com and make your reservations now. And today we will release the Maui Invitational Bracket. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. We're almost there. Let's do it. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, as you just heard, we will be releasing exclusively, mm. yes, exclusive, a yes. scoop. We don't get a lot of scoops. Eat your heart around. out, John Ross. We do not get a lot of scoops around these parts, <laughs> but this is one of them we get every Coach year. Coach K, we got. We got Coach K. We got, K. We got, we got Coach K. I, 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 I we take got it, the big fish. That's I, all I, I really take it matters. back. We do yes. get a lot of scoops. Oh, you're right. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we don't get a lot of scoops. Hey, we, we just The scoops we get are massive. Yes. They are Coach K is retiring, and here are the matchups of the Maui Invitational. We are going mm. to release the bracket for mm. the 2021 Maui Invitational to be played, folks. In the Lahaina Civic Center. Yes, say it again. We are not the playing in Asheville. in the land. It will not be snowing this year at the oh, Maui Invitational. Last year was the Camping World Maui Invitational. Think Get about that, that out of my face. No disrespect <laughs> to Camping World, but be gone. You know, we love Asheville. We love Camping World. But, but at the same time. Maui's different. Maui Gym is back. Yes. We're excited. So we will be revealing the bracket. We'll be talking about that. Uh, also, we're going to talk to Sam Vicini, our, our, mm. our friend who comes on uh, oh, this time. Well, not this time of year. This time of year being draft year. Not, yes. not so much the calendar. You draft season. Draft I guess. season. Yes. Uh, he is an NBA draft expert. He he writes for the Athletic. I just mm -hmm. saw I saw that he just pumped out his massive massive column that like yes. if you started reading it right now, mm -hmm. I think you might be able to finish it before the draft <laughs> so starts. So go read right so now. Go. Hit pause. So actually go pause. Read. Go read. Uh, we love having Sam on. He's great. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He fits well with the show in that yes. regard. But he also knows his stuff. And and we're two idiots that, that do our best to, to guess on this stuff. Sam, Sam was the guy that genius. was watching actual footage of Luka Doncic over yes. in Euro League, telling us yes. that we were idiots. He's one of the that few. He was going to be great. Yeah. We were like Sam. We believe you. Now we'll, right. we'll change course. Yeah, he's one of the few guys that believed in Luka <laughs> before the draft. And I was like, all right. Well, I. I Trust yeah, you. yeah. We Everyone else, to you. <laughs> get, get, shut up. Uh, so we're going to talk to Sam. Also, might get to uh, a little conference realignment talk because mm, it is now SCC, official. SCC, Texas and Oklahoma are gone. They're out of the Big Twelve. Will the SEC take them? If Texas <laughs> Will the in, SEC take the ACC? <laughs> because we are we are standing up and we are saying, please, we're ready. Uh, if Texas A&M has anything to say NC about State it, to the Big Ten though. And there you go. If Texas A&M <laughs> has anything to say about it, uh, maybe Texas will not join the SEC, but I have mm. a feeling Texas A&M, your vote does not count. They're, well, it, it counts as one. And <laughs> everyone else says, they're going to They're going to turn their vote in and like all the other schools are going to crumple uh -huh. it up, throw it in the trash can. They're looking around. Okay, they're like, you. you said, no, you said. A jam-packed show today. We are so mm. excited. Uh, all of it is coming up at first. Woody Durham. All right, let's get down to business. It's time, Tate. Uh, we don't we don't have time to lollygag. We don't have time to yes. mess around. Very serious business. We mm -hmm. are wearing our Tommy Bahamas. We are wearing our Maui yes. gyms. 
Uh, we, as I said, we are we are excited to get back. Stop playing with us. The Maui boys are back. We uh, we missed last year. We were a little upset about it, but we still made the Camping World Asheville Invitational happen. Yep. But now we're really back where we need to. We're where we belong. It at was the end of the day. so uncomfortable being in Asheville <laughs> last year. Yes. Uh, not so much because it was freezing cold. Mm -hmm. Not because uh, I wish I was in Maui. It was because. All the people that host the Maui Invitational put it on, all the great people yes. behind the scenes, mm -hmm. they had to do their best to put on a brave face and be like, They were oh, wearing no. the Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, we they, tried for one day, but and we they couldn't were like, keep it up. We promise we're happy to be here. We <laughs> promise we love Asheville. We love the city I, I, of Asheville. I love Asheville. Yeah, it's a great city. It's, it's not Maui. It's just different. It's just different. It is the it's Maui different. of the East now. Maui, you're saying Maui's built different? It's just built different. <laughs> it's built different. Uh, let's get down to business, though. We don't, we don't have time to screw around. Okay. This, let's give the people what they came yes. here for, which is scoops. The scoops, reveal. Scoops. We have the reveal. The 2021 uh, Maui Invitational Bracket is as follows. The first game tipping off at 9 a.m. local time yes. in Hawaii, uh, which is, I believe, 2 p.m. Eastern, if mm -hmm. my math is correct. Mm -hmm. The very first game to tip off the 2020 Maui Invitational, 2021 Maui Invitational, the Texas A&M Aggies. Maui Gym Maui Invitational now. Again. The Maui Gym Maui yes. Invitational. Check out the Maui Gym. The Texas A&M Aggies. Yes. Will be playing the Wisconsin Badgers. Wow. Buzz Cut Brad versus Boom. Buzz Cut Buzz Williams. Yes. In a buzz off. <laughs> Open her up Bring the Maui Invitational. Saw. It's going to be go. a fun time. Uh, this is also, if you talk about NBA fans, uh, this is the Chris Middleton versus Giannis game. Ooh. Wisconsin versus Texas A&M. You point. can frame it that way. Yep. But like, I like what you said. We got buzz. Wisconsin versus Texas. Did you say we can frame it Wisconsin versus Texas? No, we can frame it Giannis versus okay. Giannis okay. is going to own Wisconsin because okay. he owns Frank Kaminsky now after the finals. Okay. So he's going to represent Wisconsin. Chris Middleton is going to represent his alma mater, okay. Texas A&M. Gotcha. They're going to show down. Uh, but other, other than that we got to say uh shout out to both Buzzcut Brad because he broke my heart last time I saw him that's play right. against North Carolina. That's right. So uh both schools have I will be pulling against both them. schools have had a lot of drama in the offseason. <laughs> Wisconsin, uh the Greg oh, Guard yes. tape is released. Mm. Um they they were sussing out what the hell happened there. Yes. Who's saying what about what? Where's the where's the program at now? Mm -hmm. We'll find out. Uh meanwhile, Texas AM with all the conference realignment stuff, people are bringing up Texas AM. Yes. Are they upset that Texas and Oklahoma seem to be joining the SEC? They're actually is, not mad, they're know. just laughing. They're just laughing. Yes. Yeah, they don't care. Okay. Uh so that's game one. A, mm. two, a, a great game out of the gate. Uh the winner of that game will play the winner of Butler and Houston. Yes. In game two. Whoa. Well, uh Houston coming off a final four appearance. A mm. lot of people forget that Houston went to the final four last year. <laughs> no, they, they don't. Did. They don't forget <laughs> that. <laughs> Jordan Brand is going to remind us that Houston and Kelvin Sampson went to the final four last year. Uh, this is a bigger opportunity for Butler because mm -hmm. uh, LeVar Jordan, uh, LaVal Jordan, uh, uh, he is in a position, Tate, where he, um, I, it, it's kind of a crossroad year. I think Butler wasn't very good last year. Two years ago, mm -hmm. uh, Butler would have made the NCAA tournament, but the tournament was canceled. So yep. coming into this season, uh, we're, we're all, we're, our eyes are on Butler. Can, mm -hmm. can they figure it out? Can Butler turn around? Can we get back to the Brad Stevens Butler, the dad mod of Butler? This the feels like a great moment for Butler to get an upset over a Final Four team coming yep. back without their best player. Quentin Grimes, of course, going to the NBA. And we went to Hinkle Fieldhouse when we were you know, at the Final Four. So we saw the magic up close and in person. And I bought back in, I believe, again. And Houston will be pretty good, by the way. So the, the, this would be a good win for, for Butler yeah. if they can pull it off. But we'll see. Houston Houston will be a good team. Uh, that is the top half of your bracket, Tate. In the bottom half mm. of your bracket, we have the Oregon Ducks. Let's go. We'll be playing the host school. Yes. The Chaminade Silver Swords, who, uh, mm. you know, people look at this bracket, Tate, and I think they say Chaminade. What is Chaminade? Who is Chaminade? <laughs> Why, how is Chaminade in here? And I just want to remind everybody, mm. Chaminade, once upon a time. They are the host. Beat the University of Virginia. Yes, with Ralph, Ralph Sampson. Sampson was Mike number Wilbon one in the country. Was at that game. 
Mike Wilbon was there. Uh, so you're looking at this, you're saying Chaminade has no chance. I say I disagree. Chaminade mm-hmm. is a uh, is a darling. Every year that they play in this, they get the the, the hometown fans cheering for them. And yep. uh, we, we are certainly not counting them out. No, not at all. And every single time that they do get in the tournament, now it's every other time. Yeah. They show up and they show out. They almost beat the number one pick, Anthony Edwards. That's in right. In a game winner against That's them right. the last time they were in the tournament. So people forget. Sleep on Chaminade uh, at, at your own peril. Yes. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> but, but also you can make, you know, the number one picks, you know, highlight film for the NBA draft. But also at the same time, I think Oregon, as I look at the field, Oregon will probably be the favorite to win this I thing. I think so. And uh, that's a tough first round mm-hmm. draw for Chaminade. Well, but, that's you know, usually what they get. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, for hosting the tournament, they yeah, always get a raw deal. They get the best draw. They always get a raw deal. Uh, so that would leave us with the final game yes. of the first round of, of opening day, uh, which will tip off at 11.30 p.m. Eastern. November 22nd. This is yep. when this is happening. Yeah. 6.30 p.m. Hawaiian time yes. will be St. Mary's versus Notre Dame. Mm. Date. Uh, uh, Mike Bray. I don't Mike know. Bray after dark. My I goodness. don't know how if people are aware of this. Mike Bray is 74 and 0 in Maui. Yes, never lost. For his career. Never uh-huh. do not fact check that. Do not look it up. Just hear <laughs> that fact. Lost. Absorb it as Wear fact. shorts. And is shirtless most of the time. Go about your day. And he's been on our program. We asked him about the Maui experience. He got very excited, Titus. And for us to be able to cover him there yep. as journalists, we will be there. We will be following Mike Bray. I cannot wait. Uh, St. Mary's, by the way, is Australia's yes. national basketball team playing well <laughs> a bump for St. Mary's. Yes. So St. Mary's going to hit the ground running. Like If Australia can medal in mm-hmm. the, the Olympics... Um, should we be worried about the the trickle down? Are you calling this the Jock the- Landell effect? Because yes. this is what it feels like. Jock- Della Vadova, Patty yes. Mills. Yes. Uh, I, I feel like if Australia medals, that's good momentum mm. for St. Mary's as a program. And uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But at the same time, Notre mm-hmm. Dame and Maui, are, who wants to bet against that? Also, St. Mary's, if, if they make a run, if they really make a run, it's great for Gonzaga at the end of the day. Gonzaga needs a counterpart in their yeah. conference. It might be LMU, a sleeping giant, but yeah. St. Mary's is right there. So there you have it. There's the bracket. Yeah. Uh, we we are excited to to check this out. A, a loaded field, as always. A lot of recognition. A lot of characters that we love in our universe. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, Mike Bray, again, is going to be the mascot. He's going to be our guiding life. Bill... Bill Walton is going to be there. Big Wave Billy. Yep. The last time we were there in Maui was 2019. He blessed us uh, with some great wisdom, some great advice, uh, some great coverage from the sideline. And uh, we get to be with him again. I, I got to say this, too. The Maui Invitational, always it, it always serves as uh, the, the the opening ceremonies, if you will, of yes. college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Champions Classic has come along and said, we will be the the premier opening event. Good, good, good try. You yeah. tried. You tried. Yeah. We appreciate your effort. Get out of here. You're, it's not the... It, it actually leads us astray nine yes. times out of ten. Yes, yeah. it still feels like a preseason deal. Like, mm-hmm. it, no one can remember who won what uh, the Champions get. It, it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The Champions Classic does not matter. It's a made-for-TV event just for those four programs. Mm-hmm. We don't care. What we care about is Maui, uh, which happens a couple weeks later. That is yep. the official tip-off of the college basketball season. And Tate, I got to say, this year more than any other, I think Maui serves a very important role in college basketball. An announcement mm-hmm. that we are back, not just you and I, back on the island, but college basketball is back. back. We're going to have the Lahaina Civic Center full. We're going to yes. have Big Wave Billy there. <laughs> uh, we're, the, the whole scene is going to be awesome. Mm. Mike Bray will take his shirt off at some point, I'm yes. sure. Yes. And uh, it'll be great. And, and I'm we'll, excited to be And there. we will end the week with the Wayne Duke Trophy on the yep. roof, as we always do, and, and celebrating the champions that we just saw play. So come join us in Maui. It's going to be a great time. Put me down for uh, Notre Dame-Wisconsin uh, championship game. I think okay. that's my... that's my. I, I got I got Wisconsin over Notre Dame. Mm, mm. 
I don't, I don't know how much I like that. Actually. I, I like Oregon over Houston. That's what I'm yeah, gonna I think go those for. are going to be the best teams. <laughs> I was thinking from storyline perspective, uh, Wisconsin over Notre Dame. Would I be, like uh, Oregon versus Houston because it's Nike versus Jordan. Okay. Then, I, then I'm happy. All right. That's well, all I can do. All right. Well, that's it. I guess the the, the next time we got to talk Maui. Is, that was uh, our scoop. That was easy. The scoop. Yeah. yeah. Easy enough. Uh, with that said, I guess uh, let's talk to Sam Vecini. Let's, let's break down the draft. How, let's figure out what the hell is going on with this thing. Finally. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or your renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment profession, background or figuring out your risk tolerance or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Learn about these investment products and more at Investor.gov, your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips before you invest, Investor.gov. And finally, we're brought to you by our friends at the Olympics. Hey, basketball fans, if you're as pumped for the Tokyo Olympics as we are, you're going to want to sign up for Peacock today, the streaming service from NBC Universal. Peacock is the home for U.S. men's basketball with every single Olympic game streaming live. Get excited by checking out a behind-the-scenes look at the All-Star team with the Peacock original docuseries for ball and country. The six-part series gives you courtside seats to the 2021 training camp in Las Vegas. Watch as Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, and all the rest fight for the team's fourth consecutive gold medal plus take a stroll down memory lane and never before seen footage of former olympic players from the iconic dream team and the redeemed team in 2008 I love watching Kobe shush the crowd there. What a great time. The U.S. Men's Basketball Olympic competition starts July 25th at 8 a.m. Eastern with their first game against France. That already happened. Don't miss a minute of the action and go to PeacockTV.com to sign up now. That's PeacockTV.com. Back to Tyson Tate. All right, joining us now is a NBA draft expert, a man who knows who has forgotten more about the NBA draft than Tate and I will ever know. His name is Sam Vecini. He's been on the program a million times. He's he's very much a friend of the program. Uh, you can read his work at the Athletic. I saw Sam. What? How many words was was the full? Are, are we done? First of all, are we adding <laughs> any more words to it? What was the I, final word count on this year's draft, guys? So I ended up writing like hundred and six names, publishing a hundred because like dudes like Kofi Coburn decided that they were not declaring for the draft after just saying like early on in the process, yep. we're definitely gone. So I ended up writing like 106 names. It's probably like 130,000 words, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's just laughable. Sam, you're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I mean, and and you're in Australia, which is basically the basketball capital of the world, yeah. you know, yeah. for people yeah. at home right now. So, uh, you know, you deserve to write all those words. Right. And as we said earlier in the show, Sam is always the person that when you see a recruit like a Garuba, like a Usman Garuba, yes. and you're like, I haven't really heard of this guy. And you're obviously we're watching the Olympics right now, but you didn't really know much. Like, I trust that Sam actually have, watched Garuba and knows what's going I've on. I've lovingly referred to Sam as the head of the human the human centipede the the, the <laughs> nba draft human centipede where sam is the one yeah, cramping into everyone else's mouth he's the one that actually like ate the information and then he just craps it into everyone else's mouth and line. just keeps going down yeah. the line and they just yeah. like look at sam and regurgitate honestly what a great mental <laughs> uh, yeah really that, that's, 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 that's one way yeah <laughs> That's one way to, to say you're credible. I want to do this out of the jump so people understand exactly what kind of draft analyst we're working with here. Um, 
we'll we'll start with the bad. What is what is historically the worst draft take you've ever had? Looking back on Ooh. your time doing oh, this, great and question. then we'll and then we'll do the we'll we'll do the best. But start with the worst. What's the one you're like? I can't believe I thought that. Oh, there are a bunch. Like it's not ridiculous. I, I would say Rudy <laughs> Gobert. I thought Rudy Gobert was like not great when I saw him. Uh, what I didn't know, and I was like, oh, uh, you might not be wrong. <laughs> I, I was. I'm not. I'm not hating that. Yeah, like I, I was dumb at the time. I didn't have as many like sources as I did to know that. Oh, this guy's a crazy worker, and uh, he's gonna get into yeah. like the absolute best shape of his life. But like when you watch the tape in France, like he was just like a seven foot two guy with a seven eight wingspan that could kind of catch and couldn't really move all that well. It was yeah. just all tools. So yeah, I, I didn't think he was gonna be very good at all, and. He's become an all NBA player and now I look like a moron. And it I mean, often. he beat Team USA, I should say. I, yeah, I can't be laughing that he just literally just beat us. True. So I uh shout out to Rudy Gobert. What about what about the good? What's the take that like you're like, I, I was ahead of this before everyone else and I'm mm. a genius? Say Giannis. No, <laughs> I thought Giannis was fine. I had Giannis right around where he was. Uh I would say I thought Jason Tatum, I had Jason Tatum number two when everyone else had him at like you know, five, six, seven, and the Celtics were all over him. Mm. Uh, I had, I mean, I had Lamelo mm. one last year. That looks pretty good right now. I think. Yes. That's you, you were yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, you were right. Well, of course, you think That's I was right, one. Tate. <laughs> I mean, I, and look, if you're the Golden State Warriors, you have to be kicking yourselves that you yeah. did not draft Lamelo Ball. I mean, I know Wiseman could end up being good. Obviously, I think he has a lot of talent, but. They had Lamelo. We're talking about a different team. Well, but speak, different speaking of last year's draft, Sam, uh, last year's draft, if I remember correctly, was bad. That was like the theme. It was like these? Who goes? Yes. Is Anthony Edwards really going to go number one? Should we take Lamelo one? Is why like no one wanted to talk themselves into any of these guys. Yeah. This year seems to be different. It seems that people, uh, certainly the top four people, seem to be excited about what. If you had to boil it down to like one bullet point of what this draft is, not necessarily good or bad, but just like the theme of the draft, the feel of the, dra the draft. That's how we have to do things these days is like we have to <laughs> give me the vibe. You yeah. have to have the vibe of what this draft is. <laughs> what is the vibe of the 2021 NBA draft? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you two words. I would say top heavy because the top four, I Oof. think, uh, is exceptional. I think that the, all of the Cade uh, Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley class would have gone number one last year at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. mm. On top of that, mm -hmm. I would say this is a really good shooting draft. I think there are a lot of high-level shooters that are going to come out of this draft and enter a league that is as desperate as ever to find more floor spacing, to find more guys that can consistently provide uh, space for their lead ball creators to operate. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, as I, I was just thinking about the top four because, I mean, I, I think Titus and I, you know, we're college basketball guys, so we would assume that I think there's a top three in my mind, right? The, the, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's Kay Cunningham, there's Evan Mobley, you know, and I, I understand that, you know, Jalen, there are two Jalens, and most everyone would say probably Jalen Green is the third, but Jalen yeah. Suggs, what he did in the tournament, uh, yep. what he was able to do at Gonzaga, obviously going undefeated, I think those are our top three. So can you can you sell us on the other guy? Can you sell us on J Jalen Green? Because I watched the McKnight games. I've seen the highlights. 
I've seen the highlights. Um, I've heard Zach Levine be thrown yeah. down as a shades of, uh, which I which I enjoy. But can you just like what what do we see in Jalen Green? And it sounds like he's going to be the number two pick, right? As of now, it seems like Houston they can't talk to Mobley. Uh, you know, and, and they're kind of de facto going to Jalen Green. Yeah. So my impression is Jalen Green, as of this moment, is most likely to go number two overall. I personally am kind mm. of with you guys. I have the three college guys in the top three of my board. Yes. Let's go. I have Jalen Green four. Uh, I really like Jalen mm. Green. I think that he's one of the best scoring prospects I've ever evaluated. He's just crazy explosive and can get to his step back whenever he wants. He's a real shooter at a high level, but like he doesn't really pass all that well. He's not a great defender. I think it's going to take some time with him uh, at the end of the day to like become a winning basketball player, not necessarily a good basketball player. I think he'll score basically from the jump in the NBA, but I mean, I look at someone like Jalen Suggs and I see a guy who I think can score but also can pass it at a yeah. very high level, especially out in transition. Mm-hmm. He's one of the better on-ball defenders in this entire draft, I think. You look at the way that he plays when he's locked in, I think he's unbelievable on the ball. Like He's not quite Davion Mitchell, but in terms of like long-term tools with the way that size matters in the NBA, if you wanted to make a case that you think Jalen Suggs is going to be a better defender in the NBA than Davion Mitchell – I would kind of buy that. I think he's a really, really high Same. level defender. Wow. Mm. Wow. Um, so spe- speaking of Sugg, so like, I, I guess uh, I want to flesh out this top four here because uh, Cade's number one, right? Like, what, what was was it? Woj today was saying that that the Pistons are now maybe consider like what what is that smoke? That mm. was isn't Cade number one the whole way, and Detroit was. Like people were the, the the Rockets are apparently trying to trade up to get Cade because like people want Cade so badly. Well, and now from all of a sudden, Texas too. Yeah. Now all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that Cade might not go number one. That's that's not there's no way that's true, right? I mean, look, I've been reporting the whole way that I think that Detroit is gonna undertake a process and is gonna consider all avenues. I've heard everybody. Yeah, I've, wow. I've heard some like people tell me that Troy Weaver really likes Jalen Green. I've heard some people tell me that. Troy Weaver really likes Evan Mobley. Now, does he like them more than Cade Cunningham? Yes. I I don't know. You know what I mean? But I'll say this too. From the jump, I absolutely wrote, as soon as the lottery got done, I will bet you that the Rockets make a attempt to get this number one overall pick, if only because they have a real package that they can offer Detroit. They have a future Detroit first-round pick that they acquired in last year's draft. They have all of these picks from the James Harden deal. So if Detroit has even a relatively similar grade on Jalen Green and Evan Mobley as they do on Cade Cunningham, I mean, there's a world where I think that a trade could happen, but like, to me, it's like a no brainer. I don't understand what anyone's talking about here. Like Cade Cunningham is absolutely phenomenal and he's six foot eight with seven foot one wingspan and he's a three level scorer and he's an unbelievable passer and he can defend and he's like, an elite level character guy like there. I don't understand why we would be going down this road at this point, but you know, I f- it, it, happens. it feels, 
unless, unless you think Evan Mobley is like a, a true dominant big that could actually be something to, if, if you're trying to build a team to stop Giannis Antetokounmpo, if you think Evan Mobley could be that five man for you defensively, be that rim protection and maybe develop into a uh, best case scenario, DeAndre Ayton, but who knows, maybe better. Yeah, it feels like DeAndre Ayton where it's like, that's not a, it, it, it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Like he's slightly passive. What What, what is your read on Mobley? Uh, I love what, Mobley. What is the, what is your comp for Mobley? Yeah, I really like Evan Mobley too. I, I think like in terms of effectiveness, he's going to end up something like Chris Bosch. Uh, stylistically, mm. like I do understand why people bring up the honest thing because the way USC used him a lot this year was they'd like run him in dribble handoffs where he was both the guy accepting yes. the dribble handoff and he was the guy that would be like mm-hmm. handing the ball off, right? They'd run him in screen and rolls where he was both the guy handling the ball and the guy screening and rolling, right? So there's a lot of versatility to his game. He's an ambidextrous ball handler who can get to the rim. Uh, he's an underrated passer as well. But, I, I mean, the big yes. the big difference here in terms of what Evan Mobley brings to the table and Giannis is just, like, physically, right? Giannis has always had mm. these enormous broad shoulders to where even when he was skinny at 19 years old, you kind of assumed that it was he was going to fill out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. In the case of Evan Mobley, like – I'm not saying he's not going to gain weight because I think he's at least going to gain like 20 pounds over the course of the next five, six years. But like, I don't really see that like outlier physical strength where he's going to be able to bully guys all the way across. the room. Like I understand people who are a little bit worried about him playing center long-term if only because he's not a very Mm. good defensive rebounder right now. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Uh, so with, with, with speaking, staying on Mobley for a second, how much do you think, um, fit matters in terms of, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like flesh out what might happen this draft and assuming there aren't trades and, and shakeups and whatever we have Cade going one to Detroit, say Jalen green to Houston at two. So now at three, if you're the Cavs, you have to take Mobley or Suggs if you, if you're using the pick, whatever, um, assuming it's just. You know, like like the, the draft goes like it is and there's no trade up, whatever. Um, how much do, do you think if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers and that is where you find yourself at number three, do you worry about having Garland and Sexton already on the team to where it's like, do we want to add Jalen Suggs to the mix? Uh, why, why don't we take a big guy so we kind of address some of our needs? Is that a thing that still happens in the NBA, do you think? Or is it just take the best player? We believe that Jalen Suggs is better. We'll take him. We'll figure it out later. Maybe we trade one of these other guys. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. Just take the best player. Look, I think Cleveland will take the best player at the end of the day. I, I do. Uh, mm. I think every team feels a little bit differently about this. I think some teams certainly do draft for, I don't want to say like significant fit. I, I do think that a lot of teams in the NBA mostly like if they have guys in the same tier, they might start considering the way that they'll fit on the same team, but they're not going to go like outside of their draft tiers and like their draft ranges and just take a guy because, Oh, we have a hole at small forward or something like that. Right. Uh, In the case of Cleveland, Cleveland has had one of the worst defenses, uh, you know, in the NBA over the course of the last three years. And Evan Mobley makes sense for them. Uh, He can be a defensive anchor. The only thing, thing that like worries me about Cleveland right now is that Jared Allen is also a free agent this summer. And based on reporting, at least coming out of Cleveland, they feel somewhat likely to extend him on a relatively big money deal. And if you're drafting Evan Mobley, I don't mm-hmm. really love the idea of extending Jared Allen for you know, $17 million a year while you already have 
Kevin Love's like cap hit on this roster. Let's not even just say Kevin Love because who knows if Kevin Love's going to be on the <laughs> roster. Like it, it, it's a lot of money to tie up in the front court before we even get to Larry Nance, who before he got hurt in February, I thought was the most effective out of all of them. Uh, outside of Evan, who wasn't on the team. So uh, it's a weird, weird fit in Cleveland, but uh, I don't know that Cleveland is far enough along in its rebuild to where you pass on the guy that you think is best. I would take Jalen Suggs, but I understand them maybe evaluating Evan Mobley higher than Jalen Suggs. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Suggs, marketability in Cleveland, that's a great play. Uh, you also, he's a great defender, so you get him and you say he is the primary guy for our team. He's going to lead us. We signed Jared Allen to be that rim protection. Now you have a legit big on that team. I mean, I like the fit with Suggs a whole lot more there. And then I love the idea of Mobley going forward to the Raptors because they need a center. And you made the Chris Bosch comparison already. I feel like, you know, he goes to Toronto and, and actually fits in well, there. I, I think I have the answer as to why all of a sudden Cade going number one might not feel like the lock we thought it was and all that. Because I think this is a this is a memo from Adam Silver to make the draft more interesting. Because I before we got you on, you had you on, Sam. Yeah. I was I thought that the top four were gonna fall in line almost that like it was gonna be it was gonna be uh Cade, Jalen Green, uh Mobley to the Cavs and then Suggs to Toronto. I thought like that that just seemed to be and then the draft would start at pick five, which is not interesting. You're saying, Sam, that the, the what what pick does the draft start for you? What pick is it like? <laughs> I'm curious to see what they do here because I could see, I, I legitimately do not know. It could go either way. Is it three? Is it the Cavs at three? No, honestly, like I think that the top five in some order is set, right? Uh, okay. You know, somewhere, something along the lines of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, and then Scotty Barnes, I think is going to go five. Uh, I don't really okay. think that teams have... Uh, much of a difference between or teams do have a pretty substantial difference that I've talked to in terms of him versus Jonathan Kaminga. So I would expect mm-hmm. that top five to go something like that. Once we get to six and seven, I think this thing is just like totally up in the air and you can just like burn my mock draft. Nice. I'm being real. Uh, nice. I just don't, nice. Like, I don't know. Like I think that one of Jonathan Kaminga or James Booknight is going to go six or seven. I think that the Warriors are considering three or four different guys at seven. Uh, I think that Orlando is a total wild card at eight. Sacramento seems like they're honed in on a couple of guys at nine. And then at 10, Memphis just moved up and came into the order and has thrown everything for a wrench. Uh, I think a lot of these picks are really up for grabs via trade because everyone saw what Phoenix did this year. They moved from that, 10, 11 range in the draft last year up into the NBA finals this year. And I think teams see it as a potential outcome, especially a team like New Orleans, for instance, that has this great young player in Zion Williamson uh, to where, hey, we can go sign Kyle Lowry. We can go maybe acquire a Jonas Valanciunas and then maybe make our pick at 17, end up with a really good rookie. And we can spike up the order and end up in the top four in the Western Conference, which seems pretty wide open right now. So uh, I think a lot of teams in that range are really trying to make moves up the Eastern and Western Conference hierarchy. And it's leading to some more significant trade discussions than uh, I can remember, at least. 
Well, that, that's awesome. That's what, that, so we have our answer. <laughs> Top five, Scotty, Bar- how much of it, of, mm. of Barnes going five is he's a Florida State guy and the Magic have the pick? Because that, that jumps out to me. That it's just like. And it's wingspan. It's just like John a local Hammond guy. Yeah. Yeah. His wingspan. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? He looked at Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> John Hinson, Thon Maker, uh, yeah. uh, Larry Sanders. He was like, I don't care. That guy. I want that guy. Well, like, here's the thing. I mean, you guys watched college basketball as much as I did this year, if not more, obviously. Like, was there ever a point where you were like, we watched the Ignite more, actually. We should be honest. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 I, was, I was busy breaking down the... I, was, like, <laughs> I, I know Kaminga's game well. Was there ever a point where you were like, oh, yeah, I'm watching a, like, for sure top five pick with Scotty Barnes? Uh, as an ACC guy, I would say I, I see what I see potential, but yeah. I, I'm not the biggest fan of potential at all times. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of like I, Scotty Barnes and Isaiah Todd to me are two guys that fall in the same realm of and Zaire Williams, too, where it's like I really like them. I see the potential. I want to I, I could see them going throw as Greg, high as number five. Throw Greg Brown into the mix Greg too. Brown's you, in there. You, you call know? Greg Brown at the right time. You're like, this guy's Kai a top. Jones yeah. could be in that class. Yeah. Where you're like, you could convince me that they're a top five pick on a given day. But then also you have to watch the full scope and then you can't really you, you can yeah. easily talk yourself out of uh, out of Scotty Barnes being the fifth pick in my in my opinion, you know, and I can understand Camingo most jumping him because people say he he's then he, he skipped a year of high school like he reclassed. Yeah. So oh, he did? basically was a true 18 year old playing in the G League. So like I almost could convince myself that I'd rather have the kid that just went through that who's super young and, and impressionable and we can figure it out than. Maybe Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes didn't show me enough to say he's definitely a top five pick, but I see the potential. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. Like I, I have Scotty at six. I actually have Kaminga at five. Like I would take Jonathan Kaminga over Scotty Barnes, but like nice. NBA teams disagree apparently, and that's all that I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> how, how, and it's like a consensus thing. How like much? It's, how much? It's a- not the just Orlando thing. Like most teams that I talk to have a higher yeah. grade on Scotty Barnes than they do Jonathan Kaminga. How much does the, the G League matter? Because we heard uh, Jalen Green say that he believes that he would go number one if he would have gone to college. Yeah. Um, and Kaminga and Jalen Green obviously ended college basketball when they decided to go to the G League. And and college basketball, as you know, it will never be the same because yep. of it. It's over. Um, but in, in, in your sense, in talking to these teams, uh, d- does that even matter? Or do, we just, do, do idiots like Tate and I spend a lot of time talking about guys going to the G League mm. versus... Australia versus the overtime league versus what will prepare you best at the end of the day. Does that matter to NBA teams? What, what path you, what path you took to get here? I think it matters to NBA teams insofar as they have to evaluate the context that each player is playing within and each context is drastically different, right? Like Josh Giddy in the NBL is playing in a professional league that is very physical and like I've gone to those games, the refereeing in that league, I mean, you can just like fucking knock someone over in the paint and you're not going to be called for a foul. Like <laughs> Old Big East, baby, let's go. Seriously, the NBL is like up-tempo old Big East basketball. It's like the weirdest. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm sold. That's why yeah. we're losing in international play. We can't handle the physicality. <laughs> the NBL is like the NBA, like in a lot of ways in terms of spacing. It has a very, it's the obviously the same court, right? And I think that the court dimensions play a drastically uh, important role that goes under discussed 
when kind of breaking down offensive play because Jalen Green just had wider driving lanes this year than someone like Kate Cunningham did. He's playing with guys like Jarrett Jack. Mm. He's playing with real shooters. Whereas the highest three-point mm. shooter that Cade Cunningham played with this year, who took more than, I think, like 23s on their team, was Avery Anderson, who shot 33%. So, like, every mm. time Cade Cunningham was driving, he's six foot eight, so he naturally takes up a greater degree of space in the paint when he drives just because he's bigger. And then on top of it, mm-hmm. defenses are collapsing into him and trying to just stop him and strip the ball and do everything. And that's why I think you see the turnover numbers as high as they do, or as high as they were, just because the context of his situation at Oklahoma State was that he was crowded every single time he drove into the paint. So, uh, look, to answer your question, I don't think Jalen Green would have gone number one overall had he gone to college. I think that he probably would have averaged 20 points a game because I think he was going to go to Memphis. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like he, Memphis or Auburn. He, I think he said both at different times. Yeah. Like hot take, watching the Penny Hardaway offense this year was like not ideal at times, right? Um, so maybe they did need someone like Jalen Green. I think the offense of Pitt, in Penny's mind is just be better. He's like, you're a five star. Yeah, <laughs> score. Yeah, go make sure. I, I yeah, think that's it. probably what would have happened. He probably would have averaged twenty a game, and it, you know, may have mm. been. Oh, hey, like we've got this other great college player, but Cade Cunningham, I think, was always the most likely player to go number one in this class. I still see it that way at the end of the day. Yeah. Let's uh let's just cut to the chase. We put it off long enough. We we have to we have to talk about what we really had you on to talk about, which is <laughs> yes. <laughs> Close. Uh Joe Wieskamp. Yes. Tate and I have, as time has gone on since the since the college basketball season has ended. We have talked ourselves into if the NBA draft happened. We are in the Wheeze camp. If it happened in December, Sam, I think if I had more time, I think I would talk myself into Wheeze camp going top 10. Mm. Um, I'm slowly just, he's, he's moving up my big board at an unprecedented rate. Tell me I'm not crazy. Because if I was a GM, I would be willing to lose my job. I would be swinging for the fences with Joe Wheeze camp. Yeah. That he's exactly what you said. Mm. Every team is looking for more spacing. Every team is looking for the next Duncan Robinson. Uh <laughs> Joey's camp. Every team. Every team. Uh, why, why is Joey's camp not a lock at first round? Yeah. What's Sixers, going on? Sixers here? pick number 28, Joey's camp. Yeah, I think that it makes sense, honestly. Uh, I've had Joey's camp like top 50 most of the year. I don't know why people were like out. Let's on go. Um, I have him at like 34, 35, something <laughs> like that. Uh, very early second round. I'll take pick. it. Yeah. I mean, that's Malcolm Brogdon range, Draymond Green range. Yeah. Like, I think he's an absolutely elite shooter. Like, there's no question about that. I know he had like a 40 inch mm. vertical leap, but it feels like a Cody Zeller 40 inch vertical leap where he like doesn't <laughs> actually play like that. Right. Like, when was the last time you saw Joe Wieskamp like put one on someone's head? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a farm vertical or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get the appeal. I think he's really bad on defense right now, uh, which is the significant sure. problem. But, but you know. he can really shoot off a of movement, and I really think he's absolutely worth a guaranteed contract, uh, which coming into the draft process, I don't think most people thought, which was just – like I said, like it was weird to me. Like people were almost surprised that he was like a guaranteed combine invite, and I was like – I don't, I don't know why you would be. He shot like 47% from three at Iowa this year and he's six foot right, seven. Yes. Right. Like, uh, yeah, right. No, he's, yeah. You, you sold us on six foot seven and 47% <laughs> like, from three. What yeah. else do you yeah. need? Yeah. If you want pace and space, 
It's Joe Wieskamp. Uh, Sam, I want to ask you about two guys that I think could potentially move up slash have a lot of talent. The first one is Sharif Cooper. And um, I feel like as we've gotten around the draft, I've heard a lot of Jaden Springers. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard a lot of Cam Thomas. I've heard a lot of these, you know, other guards that have kind of jumped the ship. Maybe they go as high as eight or nine or somewhere in that range. But Sharif Cooper to me, I mean, I know he was young money, cash money. I know there were some things about his Auburn days that, you know, weren't the best. He said he did one, but he was going to opt out, but then he opted in. But natural talent. I mean, I love Sharif Cooper. When he started playing, we thought he might be the best. Like, we're like, my God, is he the best freshman after all? Exactly. In in the country? Yeah. He wasn't, but we thought it. (laughs) One game for for a moment in time. So he showed, um, he showed us the flashes. So yeah. like, what do you see Sharif Cooper? I've seen New York Knicks. They obviously like him, but I've also seen Cam Thomas there, but it, it, do you like Sharif Cooper? Because I kind of, I'm a little bit in love with them. <laughs> I, I like, I think Sharif Cooper is the best uh, passer. He's the best live dribble passer in this class. And I think he's the best ball handler in this class. Nice. Uh, it's really mm. hard to be like a six foot one guard who weighs 170 pounds, who isn't a great shooter mm. and can't defend. See, but like, see, this is the thing, Sam. He he tricked the system. He got listed as 6'4 at the combine. Yeah. So like I saw him listed as 6'4. And then, <laughs> and then I, I thought he grew three inches. I, I literally I was like, he might be the number one. He's pick. still growing. Like, <laughs> he, he might be three years in the league and he's 6'7. Okay, so yeah. he is 6'1. That's good to know. We, we've seen that man stand next to Bruce Pearl. Like we we know that he's not okay. uh, You're right. six foot four. Like it, it's uh look, I love the skill set. Like if he gets to the point where he can shoot i totally agree with you like i I think there's a real possibility that he could be a starting caliber nba point guard as uh someone that is this small i'm a little bit skeptical on the shot i I don't love the way it comes out i don't love the fact that he has this natural lean backward whenever he gets closed out on because i think he feels like he has to try and get the shot up over uh these defenders who are just bigger and longer than he is I, i think that that just leads to some balance and rhythm difficulties for him but if he can mm. iron that out, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, I think he is a legitimate, probably going to enter the NBA as like a top 15, like combination passer, ball handler, uh, point guard in the league. Mm. And that's, that's like high praise yeah. at the end of the day. Right. Uh, he's that good. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. If you're the New York Knicks, you sign Chris Paul, you bring in Sharif Cooper and you have Chris Paul be the show and you have Cooper behind him. And you also have quickly as his combo guard and, and then Duncan Robinson, and then Duncan Robinson, $80 Boom. million dollar contract. Boom. And, Knicks are winning the championship. Bada bing, bada what, percentage, what percentage of uh, Duncan's contract are you guys getting? Oh my God. I mean, we're asking for 10. Not enough. Not <laughs> we're enough. asking for 10. Hey, speaking of, speaking of Duncan in all seriousness, uh, is there a, a prototype? Uh, because, what was it? Five years ago, everyone in the draft was looking for the next dream on green. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then Duncan Robinson comes on the scene and maybe not mm. everyone, but that was certainly seemed to be like a, like we, we say tongue in cheek, but like how much are we actually joking that Joe Wieskamp is the next Duncan Robinson True. is, is Duncan the prototype? I mean, obviously everyone wants the superstar. Everyone wants the honest and the LeBrons, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're looking for like second round value, what is the prototype that, that teams are looking for? Is it still Duncan? Please tell me it's still Duncan. I kind of do think it's still Duncan. If only because is just a very translatable skill to today's NBA. Like a lot of the guys that I have pretty high on my board are very high level shooters. I would say also like teams are starting to get smarter about uh, evaluating defense 
and like finding the guys who are good mm. within a team construct, like Herb Jones, for instance, like Herb Jones won the SEC player of the year, the defensive player of the year in the league. Yeah. Uh, I think he's starting to be like a guy like that is a likely top 40 pick this year when four or five years ago, I think teams would have just looked at it and said, Oh, he can't shoot. Like there's no way we can play him. Yeah. What about the drew drew holiday prototype? Mm. We call it that. Yeah. Like Mm. the high level defensive, like guard. I I think teams are still looking for players who can play on both ends of the floor and not get destroyed while also being able to shoot, right? Like Chris Duarte, there's a reason that Chris Duarte has been high on my board the whole year and that he's finally starting to like move up the mock drafts like people, right? And I'm one of the mock draft people, I guess, but like um, there's a reason that he's finally starting to climb up. It's because teams and people who talk to like me and people like John Gavoni and uh, Kevin O'Connor, right? I think they're starting to recognize how hard it is to find players that are good defensively who can also shoot and make decisions with the ball. It's a mm. rarer skill set mm. to than what you would think at the highest level in the NBA. Like Pat Connaughton, for instance, just played a significant role on the NBA champion. I mean, Pat Connaughton's like, okay, defensively, he can hold up, but he's not a plus defender. And like the key though, is that he can shoot and he can make decisions to where he doesn't like, become a negative out there um you know Mm -hmm. there's a reason Mm -hmm. that Dante DiVincenzo was such a big loss for Milwaukee it's because uh, they didn't have that like legitimate two-way guard and then on the other side with Phoenix like when Dario Saric went out it was actually a pretty big deal for them because they yeah because Frank had to play well Frank had to play Torrey Craig had to play uh, and Torrey Craig is you're essentially yep. playing four on five offensively unfortunately when he's out there when Frank's out there yep. you're playing four on five defensively a lot of the time like it, it, it's just hard whenever you lose that rotation player and you don't have a two-way like wing or a two-way forward who can enter the fold and actually be able to make plays uh, on both ends of the floor and not take something away from your stars. Are we worried that we have a college basketball free fall, Sam? Because, uh, you know, I've heard Davion Mitchell is up there as high as seven, eight, nine, ten range. Show us Corey Kispert. Yep. But I'm a little bit worried. And usually we've seen typically like Sean May was the 13th pick. You know, yep. if you win the championship, you, you're going to get you're going you're to get this bump, right? <laughs> But I feel like the potential, there's a chance like Garuba and Josh Giddy go maybe before Corey Kispert or Davion Mitchell. Jerry Butler, uh, is he a first round Yeah, lock? is Jerry Butler going to be the Zero first round? Zero respect for our national player of the yeah, year, we, by the way. We, we need more. And Luca Garza, is he going to get drafted? That's yeah. another question. So we need we need these college basketball. Are we worried that this could happen? Because I've seen, I've seen Giddy moving up. I've seen, you know, I, I've seen Keon Johnson moving up. I've seen yep. a lot of guys jumping up, and I've seen Davion dropping Also, down. Jalen Johnson, throw him in the mix. He didn't yes. play college basketball. Yes. He quit on his team, as yes. you remember. So uh, I don't know if Jalen Johnson's going all that high, I'll say that. Um, having, oh, oh, second round. Uh, I don't know about that, but I don't know that he's going. Um, <laughs> like, he's over-under right now, I think, is like 14 and a half by Vegas. Like, I, I, don't, oh. I don't know that he's going lottery. I'll say that. Um that's that's great for college basketball. That's great for all the yeah. old people that like yeah. lost their minds. <laughs> that's which like I think I was him. I was one of them when he quit on this. Yeah. And you're just delirious. We, we couldn't like, believe it. Incredulous. Like, How like, could you, you made you opt out? Here, here's the thing though he about know. the Jalen Johnson thing. All of those like older guys that cover college basketball, right? A lot of the people in their same demographic and same age group 
run NBA teams. Like that's that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Probably felt that's a good point. Yeah, pretty like, similarly it, about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Perception is reality, and yeah, if like all the boomers are thinking that, or all the you know whatever, then. It is what it is. Maybe I mean, it'll affect me. Australian <laughs> boomers think it's <laughs> true. All the boomers. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, uh, no, to get back to your actual question that I just derailed. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about some of the college guys. You know, Jared Butler, unfortunately, has this medical thing where he had to go through the fitness to play yeah. panel. So you almost need to, like, just kind of mm. take him out of this conversation because if he was – healthy and like we are like look i don't i think he's healthy but if he didn't have this medical concern uh i don't really want to go into like detail yeah. on it necessarily um i think he's the one that would have been a clear top 20 pick uh, along with davion mitchell who's also i think gonna go somewhere in like the 11 to 15 range so uh, i think that mm-hmm. those two would have been the players that really kind of you know, held up their end for the college guys. Uh, again, Chris Duarte, yeah. was like 24 and he's probably going to go somewhere, you know, 14 to 20 at the end of the day. So uh, another it's huge win for college. <laughs> yeah. Huge win for yeah. the olds. I love it. It's great. Um, yeah. That's great. Well, I, I, I have this exercise for you. Cause I, I wrote the, I wrote, this is a great time to bust out this exercise. Cause uh, I was, I was curious about some college guys that are fringe guys. And uh, I want, I want to get your take and we're going to frame it this way. Sam, uh, and, and you can you can expand on any of these if you want, or you can just give us an answer. Who is more likely to be on an NBA roster in five years? Oh, I love this. Is the question. This is All right, so I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you two names, and you tell me which one of these guys is more likely to to be in the NBA in five years: Aaron Henry or Marcus Garrett? Ooh, Aaron Henry, I would say. I don't feel great about that All right. one. Though. That one's All right. <laughs> confident. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Chris Smith or Isaiah Livers? Ooh. Isaiah Livers for sure. Wow, that one's easy. Why? Yeah. Why? Why is that so easy? I uh, just the shooting at the end of the day. It, it's just such a clean fit for Livers, yeah. you know, six foot seven guy who can knock down forty percent from three. Uh, I think that if he hadn't injured his foot, he probably would have been someone we're talking about as like a clear top forty-five pick in this draft. And I think he still might end wow. up there at the end of the wow. day. Started over right. Duncan Robinson. Uh, no. <laughs> so if you're looking he for the, have that under his like, you know, in his all of his mock drafts, he if, should make sure to make that. If you're looking point. for the next Duncan Robinson, why not get the guy who was originally better <laughs> yes. than Duncan Robinson? Yes. Um, start over. Uh, all right. Here, here are a couple college names that uh, our listeners will know well. Uh, Mac McClung or Macy Oteague? Ooh. Give me Macy Oteague, actually. I, I think Macy Oteague yes. is a really, really good. See, Sam, that's why you're the best. Do you, wait, is Tate in the Macy Oteague hive? I love Macy Oteague. Yeah, yeah. UNC Asheville for life. I, uh, I love Macy Oteague. He's going to be, he's going to, Teague's going to be in the league. That's for sure. I mean, I love Mac McClung, but Teague's the right answer there. All right. All right. Um, Sam Hauser or Matthew Hurt? Oof. I'm going to say Sam Hauser. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, a, like, I, that's a neither oh, face. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I'm yeah. going to say Sam right Hauser. Right answer again. It's not, it, I, I don't know how great either of you want to pick neither. You want to pick, your, yeah. your face tells us all we need to know. You want to pick neither. Mm. Uh, I got two more. Um, Dwayne Washington or Marcus Zagorowski? Zagorowski for me. No. <laughs> Sam, what <laughs> the hell? Answer, Sam. <laughs> Sam, what? <laughs> what? Mark, we've watched probably. Sam, you're a Buckeye. We've what are you doing? 70 games of Dwayne Washington. Like the two of us have seen him. I don't yeah. know if we've watched okay. every Ohio State right. game, but we've watched probably two thirds of them that Dwayne has played. <laughs> 
You've seen enough. You've seen enough. At what point but when you were how watching? Much does, how much? Does, at what point when you were watching Dwayne did you go? Oh, that's that's an NBA player. Especially against uh, Oral Roberts. Uh, at North Carolina, when he hits a three, and he turns <laughs> no. to me and Greg Oden and like grabbed his no. nuts to like <laughs> that didn't beat Carolina we by twenty five minutes out of that game. We opted out. Sam, how much does it hurt Dwayne Washington stock that he didn't get a chance to show what he could do in the NCAA tournament because Ohio State tested positive for COVID <laughs> along with VCU and had to withdraw from the tournament? Yeah. How much does that hurt his stock? <laughs> yeah, it really hurt him. I think that nothing Which, ever yeah. happened in the NCAA tournament for Ohio State. Nothing. It definitely did not yeah. happen. All yeah, right, Florida the, was good. Though. The final one to put a bow on this little segment, uh, Luke. Garza or Cameron Crowig? Luca Garza, for sure. <laughs> That's a great. Yeah. Definitely Garza. Wow. Cameron Crowig, I saw Crowig already signed with the Belgian team. He yeah. didn't even, he, I don't even know if he's in the draft. He's, <laughs> he already signed. He didn't even try for the NBA. He was just like, I'm going to Belgium. Yeah, like I was reaching out to him. <laughs> I, I, see the right I was well. like talking to a couple NBL teams. I was like, do you guys think Cam Crowig makes sense for you guys? Uh, is, that, is that something that we're looking the, for here? And they were like, no, we've got enough big guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up. Mm. Is there a chance that Luca Garza gets a charity pick, Sam? I mean, that usually happens there, like you know, fifty fifth, fifty sixth. What about Vladi? Vladi Divac's taking. Uh, does he have a late second round pick? Because I could. Is Vladi even with the Vladi's Kings? gone. He's gone. That's yeah, right. Joe Dumas, yeah, Joe I knew that. As I said, it, but I like, like, you never know who Zach is actually listening to. Like, there's a chance he calls Vladi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He might still be listening to Vladi. <laughs> Vladi, like, who do you think? Fifty five. And Marty McNair is sitting there, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you calling him? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there's a real chance. Like, if he goes anywhere from 40 to 60, I would not be surprised by any stretch. He's worked really hard. Oh, cool. nice. That's big. He's worked really hard nice. in the pre-draft process to get his weight down, to change his body, to, you know, make his game more applicable to the NBA. I'm still significantly yeah. concerned about the athleticism. I, I don't really know how he yeah. defends yeah. at the next level, but he's positioned himself mm. in the way that you would expect Luka Garza to position himself because he is such a hard worker and like, yeah, it's hard for me. Cause like Luca Garza is the exact kind of guy that I really hate betting against in the NBA draft. These yeah. dudes that are just absolute killers who want to work, who are willing to do whatever it takes to make the NBA. Yeah. I just really don't buy the athleticism like translating it. It sucks, but yeah. I'm just kind of, kind of concerned about that he does have he's got center blocks for feet but yeah it's a little tyler hands bro like he's yeah. gonna he's gonna work his way into the league for a few years and then how, you know that'll how, be that here's a question though how much does it matter if you actually get drafted because i was uh i did a little research and 20 years ago there were 16 players 16 players from the 2000 draft that went undrafted ended up getting minutes in the nba mm. and they, they cracked into the league uh 10 years ago 22 players that were undrafted from the 2010 class, you understand, that went undrafted, <laughs> made it to the NBA. Last year's draft, in the 2020 draft, there have already been 20 undrafted players that have gotten minutes in the NBA. Mm. And I feel like that that's the one stat I cherry-picked because it kind of felt anecdotal where it's like there, there are so many guys that are having impacts in the NBA that, that are late second-round guys that went yeah. undrafted, whatever. Um, how much of it does it matter? Does, does it does it matter as much? If you're a guy like Luca Garza Are you and, and you go undrafted, does that phase you whatsoever? It shouldn't, right? No, the only thing that matters at this point is getting a guaranteed contract, just period, right? Uh, yeah. The way that the yeah. second round works at this point is that teams are calling around to agents, hey, would your player be willing to take a two-way contract if we draft him at number 48? Hey, would your guy be willing to take a two-way contract if we draft him at 55? And these agents are going to say, yeah, that'd be great. Like, we would love to play for your team. But 
more often than not, if you're doing a two-way deal, the odds are that you have a better chance to pick your own spot by going undrafted because then it's in your yeah. and your representation's hands to be able to find the best place for you. Sometimes the teams, it's like obviously kind of a, um, you know, a chicken and an egg thing. Like the teams that like you most are most likely the ones to draft you to be a two way. So sometimes it's worth just taking the two way yeah. to be drafted, but other times it makes more mm -hmm. sense. Hey, like someone, someone that we don't think is going to go undrafted right now is absolutely going to go undrafted this year because they get down into that 45 mm. range and teams start calling, Hey, are you willing to take a two way? Hey, are you willing to, um, you know, take a two way for our team? And the agents are going to say, no, we want our, we want our player to go yeah. to summer league and try and make a roster uh, as a guarantee guy and prove himself uh, in front of the entire league when there are 30 opportunities for us to get a guaranteed deal. So, I think well, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I think that's an important point to make for for people that are going to watch the draft because the old school way of thinking is that the draft is just basically the sixty best guys will get drafted. Yeah, and that is not the case. And if you're a fan of one of these guys, it, it, you know, one of these guys played at your favorite school and you've been watching them all year, you're losing your mind. Like how is no. how is Aaron Henry? Well, Aaron Henry's a bad example. Um, <laughs> how is like say Isaiah Livers is falls because of his foot yeah. deal, and you're a Michigan fan, you're losing your mind. Mm. It very well could be Isaiah Livers is on the other end of these phone calls saying, "Don't draft me. Yeah. I don't want to be drafted. I'm going to Miami. Yeah, I want to. I want to. <laughs> yeah." Pat oh Riley God. has already called me. Yeah, uh, Sam. One last guy I wanted to ask you about. Uh, you mentioned, you know, your favorite player on your favorite team, Dayron Sharp. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I see a young Moses Malone light in this situation. <laughs> I see an absolute star. Um, I, I'm shocked that he's not. I mean, I, I honestly, <laughs> I'm shocked by these evaluators that they can't see what talent this man has. What Roy uh, Williams couldn't even see. Well, Roy Williams just, you know, <laughs> look, it's a system. We, we had, he had guys in front of him. Uh, Dayron Sharp, could we see him climbing up on draft night? Could could we see him go as high as maybe like 21, something like that? Yeah, I'll just be real about it. Like, I, he's one guy that I don't have a great feel for this year. Like, every year there are like quite a few guys, not quite a few, but like there, there are some players that I don't have an awesome feel for. Like, Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp this year are probably the two that, in terms of where they're going to end nice. up, like what range they're going to end up like in on draft night. I don't really have a great sense. Uh, in the case of Sharp, mm. I think it's like plausible that he ends up going somewhere in the 20s. I think it's just as plausible he ends up going yes. like 40. Uh, it's just really hard. Oh, no. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just really hard with these big guys <laughs> a lot of the time, right? Like so few yeah. teams want to use first round picks on big guys just because there are fewer roster spots now in the NBA for true centers. And that's what Dayron is. And Dayron is a true center that's like six foot eleven with a seven foot mm. wingspan who might not mm. be a great rim protector at the NBA. Like guys, uh, even in college, had the ability to kind of finish over the top of him uh, in a pretty real way. I actually think his feet are a little bit better than what they get credit for. Uh, he, I think he has a chance to like exactly. not get destroyed out in ball screen coverages in the NBA. Um, that and the passing, mm. like those are the two main skills he brings to the table. So those are two important skills. And I think that if he went into some of these workouts and shot the heck out of the ball, like maybe, maybe he gets drafted yeah. at 
20 or whatever, I, but I, I'll say yeah. this. What I want, Sam, what I want Mitch Kupchak to do is to take that 11th pick. If Kai Jones is not there, if Zaire Williams is not there, he trades back and he takes Dayron. Uh, Zaire, that's Zaire is definitely going to be And I want Dayron. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. So that's who we're taking. We're taking Zaire Williams. Uh, Charlotte, 11? <laughs> yes, 11. That's who we're taking. <laughs> Are the you man, kidding me? The man who was broken by Ted Valentine. No, he's, um, he's a star. Uh, can, can I ask you about one other guy? Yeah. Then we, we will let you go. We know you're busy, Sam. You got 130,000 more words to write. Uh, <laughs> Please God. No. But my, my pet pick, if it's not, <laughs> if, if my pet pick is not Dwayne Washington and you've talked me out of this mm. now, um, so I got to find someone to latch onto and cheer for. It's got to be Jason Preston, yeah. the, the mm. kid from Ohio who beat Virginia in the first round, declared early for the draft, could have come back and played for Jeff Bowles, decided against it. Um, <laughs> if you're, <laughs> I don't know, like a shot. I like a shot. No, I was, I was explaining what happened. That's literally what happened. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, if if you're if you're the Preston family, how uh, how optimistic are you feeling, uh, both for draft night and moving forward as his career will progress professionally here? Yeah, I think he made the right call leaving. If only because I think it's going to be really hard. It would have been really hard for him to drum up as much momentum as he did late this year when, like, over the last month and a half of the season, Ohio was a top 40 team in the country. And they beat Virginia in the first round. And everyone, you know, falls in love with his story, right? Uh, This was the time to capitalize, I thought. Uh, I I think he goes somewhere in the top half of the second round at the end of the day. they're an, nice. He's very polarizing. Some teams really like him. Some teams think it's just not going to work because of the athleticism and the uh, questions shooting the basketball. I know he shot 40%, but it's more about uh, what he looks like shooting the pull up as much as anything. It doesn't look super fluid. So I think that there are teams mm. out there that really genuinely love Jason Preston and will probably move into that like you know, 30 to 40 range to pick him at the end of the day. But uh, it's, I would say him going into draft night is pretty fluid, if only because uh, there are teams that are very, it's just a very polarizing player at the end of the day because it's such a weird game to evaluate. But he'll get drafted if he wants to. He's yeah. got to get drafted, right? He's got to get drafted for the yeah. story. Yeah, so he can have for the, the party. thirty for thirty. He's got to get drafted. I, I just think it's like a devastating story because he seems like a guy that's definitely gonna have a draft party. And if he goes yeah. undrafted, that's like the saddest look. No, he, ever. he's getting drafted. But, yeah. Okay. If you have All the fifty right. eighth pick, 59th pick, sixtieth pick, you draft him just for the story. So, yeah. And you and if he yeah. says I won't do a two way, you're just like, yeah, I'm not signing you. Yes, someone will draft him. I think he's probably gonna get a guaranteed contract at the end of the day. Uh, Because there are just enough teams that really like him. Like the guys that you have to worry about in that respect are the guys where, oh yeah, like they we think he's fine, like we think he's okay. Um, Yeah, the ones who have like really high level um, interest and then low level floors, I think those guys tend to get the guarantees in the second round a little bit more because teams tend to just really buy into them at the end of the. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That checks out. Uh, his name is Sam Vecini. You can read his work on The Athletic. Yes. Uh, you can listen to his podcast, Game Theory Podcast. He uh, He's the hardest working man in mm. NBA draft coverage. Uh, Sam, before we let you go, you are are talking to us from Australia. Um, two years ago, you married an Australian woman. <laughs> I was at the wedding. We, we've talked about it on the show yeah. before. We ran everyone in cornhole together, the two of us. 
scored like 40 straight points, just dominated. And, and I, they're still talking about it. If you go back mm. to that venue, I'm sure they got like some sort of record book. Yes, uh, a plaque. Posted right there on this site two years ago. Uh, you were married to an Australian woman. You were living in Australia. The Olympics are going on. Australia's basketball team mm. looks to be better than America. Number basketball one in the team. power rankings right now. Yeah. My question is, Sam, where do your loyalties lie? <laughs> yeah, the U.S. Still, I would say I'm still still rooting for oh. the United States. Uh, I, I love like all of the Good, players on the Australian team, but come on, guys, like we gotta we gotta root for the United States. Yeah. I I love Matisse Thibault. That's it. How much How much longer living in Australia until you start developing an accent? Are you worried about that at all? Mm. Um, Yeah. Like, no, because, look, like, I had to work somewhat hard to get rid of any semblance of the Pittsburgh accent, like, having grown up in Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> I think I can stave yeah. off the Australian accent for as long as I need to, if only because, like, I'm on the phone with Americans all day to do my job. So, like... That's true. I feel mm -hmm. that's I feel true. Pretty good about it. I, I'm a, I'm still I'm still rolling along without the. Uh, we'll we'll be really concerned when you get like an Eastern European Slovenian accent because <laughs> then we're gonna say, "Wow, uh, it really is a global yeah, game." Yeah, so yeah, Sam's yeah, not even seriously. calling the U.S. anymore. <laughs> what, how else? Uh, but yeah, just just put a bow on on Australia. We'll, we'll let you go. I promise. But I'm just curious how how is how is life in Australia? How how are things? Um, how's it going? Do you, do you, I setting up this interview broke my brain if I'm being completely yeah. honest, cause I was trying to figure mm. out what day it even is in Australia, <laughs> much less what time it will be and, and all that kind of stuff. So how, how has that been going for you trying to like cover an American league? Very much not in America. <laughs> so yeah, funny story about that. I actually, most days, like, I'm not totally sure what day it is because my computer time and date is set to Pacific time still so that I know what time <laughs> it is in the United States when I'm trying to call people. Uh, so like right now it says on my computer five o'clock on Monday. So what, it's probably 10 a.m. on Tuesday, something like that. Um, <laughs> it's like not a, it's not a natural conversion for me yet. Put it that way. Um, yeah, right. yeah, no, it's great. Uh, like I, I love it here. It's fantastic. I mean, the reason that my walls are like totally empty and it looks like, um, you know, I'm like a crazy person is, uh, that we just moved into this house and, uh, we haven't gotten a chance to like really fill it out because of work. And, you know, my wife has a bunch of things that she's dealing yeah. with work-wise. So we haven't gotten a chance to like really, uh, really furnish the house in the way that we would like to, but uh, hopefully post-draft we'll be able to do that. Yeah. Put your 130,000 words up <laughs> yeah. all over the wall. Yeah, you should yeah. do that. Yes. Yeah. Just, that yeah. won't make <laughs> me a little paper of all your breakdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You already look like Charlie Kelly enough. I know. Like, <laughs> like, like I will literally just be like doing the Pepe Sylvia thing. Just like. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Sam, you're the best, man. Thanks for making time for us. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Sam. Anytime, guys. All right. Thank you to Sam Vecini. Uh, always a blast talking to him. We are right. actually recording this part before we, we talked to Sam. So I have no idea what the hell we talked about, but mm -hmm. Sam was awesome as always, wasn't he, Tate? I think he was great. I yeah. hope he doesn't do anything terrible now that we're saying this, but I, I think he did a really good job. I, lo I would love the idea of us like disagreeing on something and he just storms <laughs> off the, the interview. Yeah. He quit the interview. Disgust. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to us being like, love to have Sam on the show. Yeah, it's awesome. What a great time. Um, all right, let's uh let's before we go and and do some shout outs, uh let's talk about the conference realignment stuff that we touched on last week because uh 
what was it last Wednesday? The bombshell came out that Texas and Oklahoma <laughs> were trying to leave. Yes. And uh, we, we spent a little time on the show just kind of basically laughing at it. Um, it. It seemed inevitable. And as it turns out, it is because Texas and Oklahoma have now officially said <laughs> we're out of the Big 12. Yes. It's done. Yes. It's there. They're, I, I don't <clears> know. <throat> it's supposed to, what, 2025 is like when the contract runs out. But yeah. I don't, they'll find a way. This is a force majeure situation. They're They're going to force their majeure. They're absolutely out of here. Yeah. Uh, And now we all wait and and see what happens because this is a super conference now. The the SEC is now going to be a super conference. Uh, And and the reason we want, I want to revisit it is because um, of the the dominoes that have already started falling. We were speculating on what dominoes would fall. Uh, I guess none have fallen yet but the chatter out there mm. has has my head spinning take yes and some of the chatter as you alluded to at the very top of the show um the acc and the sec mm. merging mm. is it realistic is it not i don't know <laughs> jay billis says yes you throw it out into the ether and yes. i i see that sec oh my god sec what are your thoughts on that well you maybe trim some fat uh from the acc mm. you know maybe even from the sec you find maybe four schools like a boston college a pittsburgh and you, you know, basically say, we'll pay you this amount of money, maybe like, you know, $20 million to walk away from us, you know, <laughs> good game. You have a divorce settlement? Yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. With this Pitt? is a settlement. We're going to go, we're going to go full Bezos here. We're going to say, you take this money, you do what you want with it. Uh, and they all go to the Big Ten. And the Big Ten says that with open arms, we would love to have Boston College. Yeah, that would, that would make a ton of sense. I think the Big Ten would gladly take the, the rejects yes, from the, the ACC. ACC. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what... Are you nuts? No, 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 no. They'll, they'll take them. We'll throw them up there. Because you guys now would have to form a super conference. The big, first of all, newsflash, the Big Ten is already a super conference. It's the most profitable conference in this country. So Not, not, not going to be for long. Well, not, it is right now. Wait so. till the SCC takes over. <laughs> uh, so I think I think the big thing, look, I I love the Southern Conference. You know? Okay. I, I think that's, if you look at it, there's just some traditional teams. And then if you look at the ACC and the SEC, Jay Billis made this point. There's the rivalries. You got North Carolina. We hate South Carolina. Do you? Yes. Okay. Clemson hates South Carolina. Georgia <laughs> hates Georgia Tech. Okay. Florida hates Florida State. Okay. Kentucky hates Louisville. We already have the rivalries. It yep. makes a lot of sense. But there are obviously some, you know, ancillary teams and programs that don't really have you know, those ties and those rivalries, Virginia is going to be fine. Virginia, Virginia Tech, of course, they're going to be okay. But if you're a Boston College, if you're a Pittsburgh, yeah. um, you know. Syracuse. Yeah, this is, yeah, Syracuse. Like, see you in the Big Ten. Well, I. Or maybe I, the Big East. Why, why? I don't I don't think the SEC would. I, 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 I understand why you would think that they need to cut the fat, but I don't, the I don't think that's the plan. The SEC wants North Carolina's market. They've, they've, they've tried over the years to figure out how to finesse it, and they've tried to talk to Carolina They've tried to talk to NC State to get Carolina jealous. You know that they've, but I don't think done things. I don't think the SEC. If if the SEC absorbs the ACC, I don't think they need to get rid of any teams. I think having thirty teams is fine. I think that's their plan. I think I think the SEC's plan is. I think the SEC's plan is to have Mm. a thousand teams. I think I think what we talked about, what we joked about ten years ago, happening when the conference realignment was going on. Uh, and then we started talking about when we started the podcast, Manifest Delaney, mm. that Jim Delaney's plan was to have literally every single team in college sports yes. under the Big Ten umbrella. I think that's what Sankey's doing with the SEC. Mm-hmm. I think he realizes the writing on the wall is that the NCAA is dead. 
that yes. we don't need the NCAA anymore. Yeah. That they, because the, I've I've made that point before. The NCAA exists to crown champions and to preserve amateurism. They no longer need to preserve amateurism. Yep. Now their only function is basically to hand out a trophy at the end of March Madness. Why do we need Mark? Yeah, Emmert we can do that, that ourselves. We can do that. We mm -hmm. don't need you to do that. Mm -hmm. We already do that. We already have our conferences and we hand out trophies. Mm -hmm. We don't need you, NCAA. Uh, the writing's on the wall. The NCAA is going to go away. So yes. there's going to be a power vacuum. And the SEC, I think, is like, why don't we just get every single school? <laughs> and now we we are the NCAA. Yes. That's it. And that's what they're going to do. So I don't think they're even going to trim fat. I think they're going to try to. No, but I, I don't think that they're going to go. <laughs> I mean, it's the SEC. I think, I think the SEC has like a, a, a line that they're going to, they're not going to cross. Like they're not going to go to the Western conferences. They're going to go to the PAC 12 and say, we want you guys. And then they're going to say, we want to create literally a super, basically, you know, G league or whatever developmental league for yeah. baseball, basketball, football. And we're going to own this and we're going to make it a monopoly and then cut out all these other guys. But I think, and then the other guys are going to beg to get in. They're like, fine, get in and we'll make more money from you. I mean, or like either way, yeah. But I don't think they need to compete with, you know. I, I, think, I think it think, might be two super conferences. Yeah, that's that's where we're headed. And to yeah. that point, I think the dominoes that are going to fall is that, because uh, I, I want to reiterate a point I made on the last show, which is I was talking about the Big Ten going after Notre Dame. And I had people hit me up and say like, Notre Dame's already in the ACC. Mm -hmm. They don't, why would... Uh, why would the Big Ten do? Why would Notre Dame do that? All that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, because th there, there's also talk about like the Big Ten might add Kansas, they might add Iowa State, but why do they need to do that? The Big Ten's already set; they already have their number of teams. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason they're going to add teams is because of what I just said. There's going to be a power vacuum, and the Big Ten is like, the, take the old model of like we have to have a small enough conference that we mm -hmm. can play everybody in a round robin or like figure out scheduling. Yeah, that's throw out. that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that throw doesn't out, matter anymore. Throw out yeah. even the TV market idea, which mm -hmm. is like the reason Maryland and Rutgers were added to the Big Ten in the first place was for the the DC and the New York uh, TV markets. They don't need that anymore because everyone streams everything. The, 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 the TV markets are dead. The, that's that's old way of thinking, Tate. Mm. The new way of thinking is the NCAA is dying. Mm. There's going to be a vacuum of who runs shit in college sports. Yep. And it's basically going to be a, a two-way race between the SEC and the Big Ten because they're the two giants in terms of money that exist in the the uh, in college sports. And then the Pac-12 and the ACC are like kind of behind and they're like, are we good? Should we absorb? Should we do our own thing? Mm. The Pac-12 is like, maybe we just dominate the West. The ACC is like, maybe we can dominate whatever the hell the ACC is good at these days because it's certainly not basketball anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So like, it wouldn't surprise me the Big Ten. if It's if, football. We're a football school. Dude, what if what if the Big Ten tries to get Carolina and Duke? What if that happens? No, we don't. We're not going to the Big Ten. We're going to the right. SEC. We're, we're going <laughs> we're going with a big money. And I think I think it's the end of the Big Ten. I think the SEC becomes a super conference. The okay. SEC is for super conference okay. and everything up in the Midwest. You're trying to ignite, you're trying to start a civil war. Doing. The way you're talking is like, I'm disgusted by the Big Ten. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the Big Ten north. is secondhand news now and the big money's down where Texas, Oklahoma, Carolina, Duke, Jesus, where, that's where Look it is. You. That's where it is. It's in the SEC. That's where it is. So it's going to be, a, you're going to be like a Carolina Syracuse game just chanting SEC. No, Syracuse is out. Okay. We, we traded them. You're, you're going to the They're Carolina conference. It's, it's Carolina, Virginia Tech. And I want, I want the conference warfare. Going, I, I want it to be simple. I don't want it to be this five man conference, you know, where we don't even know. It's just, you know, maybe we bring in UCLA. Maybe it's just like the southern part of the U.S. Like UCLA gets pulled into the SEC. You know what I mean? But don't you think I, to that point, is that good for the country that we literally define it by the Mason Dixon line? <laughs> That's not what we define like, you know it what by. I mean? like, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is also in the SEC. We are oh, taking, we're taking Notre Dame. Notre Dame. So what, what are you SEC. giving the Big Ten? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Zilch! The Big Ten is dead. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I'm honestly very upset because I love the ACC and uh, I. it is sad because you, you said it. I mean, there's two powerhouses with money and they're going to draw in either the Pac-12 or the ACC. And I'm just trying to get ahead of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I know that it's inevitable at this point. Yeah. The fact that Jay Billis is already on TV and saying that a merger is the best option. But it, it, it scares me because what I grew up with and I mean, we already lost some of it when Maryland left. You know what I mean? Like the yep. ACC that I love, the ACC that makes sense. It's slowly been deteriorating over the years. I mean, add, even adding Syracuse and Virginia Tech and Miami. I mean, all these things were a little bit to, to, for lack of a better term, wonky. So at this point, it just makes me sad. But if I have a choice, if I'm North Carolina and Duke, there's no way I'm going to the Big Ten. I'm going Why? to the SEC. Because I'm going for the big money and I'm going for CBS. The Big Ten is the most profitable. For, what are you talking about? I want football and I want the for best the best, football. The, the best. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. You have one program. Money. One. Cha-ching. You have one Did program. Do you hear that? That is no, the Big we, Ten. We are going to beat South Carolina every year. That's what okay. I, I also want to beat South you Carolina. You want to beat South Carolina. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I'll hear that. I will hear that. that. I, I need I, that. My, but to throw away the the like the cultural like Georgia Georgia Tech meaning something that's great. That Florida, would be Florida great. State I, I'm with something. you. I'm with Kentucky you. Louisville actually matters. But now I'm saying why can't the Big Ten get some of those schools? No. <laughs> why can't two Carolina? No. And Virginia Virginia Tech. It's a super conference. What? It's a super conference. The the Big Ten. Yes. <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying. You're a secondary conference. You think now. the Big Ten is going to sit on their hands and watch the SEC build a 30-team conference and I, not try I, to poach I, some of these I schools? I think right now it's an arms race to see who's going to get UCLA. I think it's the, <laughs> the, the SEC is already going to UCLA, and I think the Big Ten needs to get UCLA. I think the Big Ten is going to go after basically every school. I think the Big Ten is going to call Virginia. I, I think I'm the Big telling Ten you is the call. SEC is going to get Duke in North Carolina. I believe that. Okay. I really do believe that. Okay. Yeah, I understand State, that you want it. You guys can have NC State. I'm telling we you. Trade you NC State. I guarantee but we are you keeping this. Wake Forest if, as well. If Jim Delaney was still in the in the driver's seat of the Big Ten, <laughs> North Carolina, Carolina Duke, grad, by the way, Carolina and Duke are in the Big Ten. Yeah, of course, it's a done deal. Exactly, it's a done deal. But it's a new era. <laughs> I don't know what Jim Phillips is going to do, but if I'm Jim Phillips, I get on the phone right now with you know the schools we were talking about, the outliers. So who do you just, think, who just think Jim Phillips what has, that looks like? Uh, former Northwestern <laughs> athletic director is now running your conference. Who do you think he has ties to? The SEC or the Big Ten? Who do you think he's going to? Stack the deck in favor of when it's time to divvy up these schools. It makes it would make no sense. It would be bad for both parties. <laughs> it would be a bad investment for the Big Ten. Who are you in bed with with the basketball challenge right now? It's not the SEC ACC challenge, dude. That's not we're the, we're against Kentucky. We're we dude, Duke no. versus Kentucky, Carolina versus Kentucky in conference. Are you kidding me? You have an opportunity. Tennessee. As, I don't like Tennessee. No. I want to play Tennessee. Rick Barnes versus Roy Williams again. No. Oh my God, Roy Williams isn't even there. That just broke my heart. Rick Barnes versus Hubert Davis with Roy Williams in the background, <laughs> kind of running things. <laughs> uh, I just, I mean, the, the real truth of it is I'm putting on a brave face because I, I am very sad that the, the, the ACC, ACC and the Pac-12, I mean, the Pac-12 update, it could be going away very soon. So. The only, yeah, I know the Pac-12, like the, the saving grace of the Pac-12 yeah. was that they're kind of on an island on the western half of, that they could just, you <laughs> no, know, but the big build 10, their own. The, the Big Ten is calling them already. I know the Pac-12 theoretically, I guess, could could form its own super conference with like all the western schools and like finally invite Gonzaga and just be like, figure, we'll figure it out later. I know mm. you don't have football, but like you're under our umbrella. Mm. San Diego State, come on. BYU, come on. Like mm. we'll just figure it, just start poaching teams and just have like this arsenal of teams. And it's like, we have 43 teams in this conference. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we're doing with them, yeah. but we need them all. Yes. If you're in the mountain time zone or the Pacific mm -hmm. time zone, you're in the Pac-12. Congratulations. <laughs> and we'll figure it out later. Um, 
But yeah, that, that seems to be where it's headed. And uh, it has my head spinning because the speculation, you could, you could throw out anything and it makes sense. That's why yeah. Duke, Duke and Caroline in the Big Ten, you you cannot refute that. If you're somebody listening to me say mm. that, you, you cannot look me in the eye and be like, that can definitely not happen. Because it could, Tate. It could oh. happen. It could happen. Oh, I know God. it makes you sick. Oh, I don't understand. God. That that is shocking to me that uh that the idea of being in the Big Ten. I, like I felt like because the would, ACC, it, it would it would be like I'm going from number two to well, I think we're number one, but I can understand why people say SEC is number one because we're talking about you know football and everything. But I just feel like that would be it wouldn't be good for either party because we're going to be upset. Look at Maryland. Maryland's a perfect right. example. Maryland hates right. their lives. They don't want to be there. That that would be us. That would be all of us. It's like I, I, we're literally Eric Bledsoe and Phoenix. I, I don't want to be here. That you would have thought <laughs> that's the SEC, what we're saying to everybody. The SEC thinks that they are the premier conference that represents the southern part of the United States, and you would think no, it's we the are going to class up the joint. We're going to get the GPA. I thought you would hate the SEC. Up. Yes, you I do hate them. Then why do you want to join them, dude? I want to beat them. What is this? I want to beat How them. Do you beat them I want by to joining take them. Over. I want. I want to manifest the whole situation where the ACC, the SEC. Runs the world. There we go. What you know? You, are you going to beat them from within? Yes, we're going to dominate them. Does that make any sense to you, Jim? Yes. What we, are you saying? We are our own. No, we we are going to join them, and then we're going to beat you guys. But the idea that you hate the SEC so much that you're going to join the SEC to no, make them I, stronger. I respect them, and I hate them. But like, that's that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun games. Are you kidding me? If Dude. I could go Saturday college football, North Carolina's playing at Auburn. Yes, and no one's there because it's North Carolina. And- <laughs> <laughs> They're there. They're going to be there. We got the Heisman. We got the Heisman Trophy or, winner. Or hear me out. North Carolina, Ohio State. Say. North Carolina. I will not. I will not be at that game. <laughs> I'm sad. You made me sad. I thought. I, th- I really. Michigan, thought, Ohio State. I'm okay with. I thought coming into the show today, I had the opportunity <laughs> to sell you on the idea no. of the ACC, the yeah, Big Ten I, joining forces. We have the they've Super already League. Gotten to me. We kill the SEC. They've already gotten to me. And you've already. Ugh, it's disgusting. It's precedent. I like the Southern Conference. I like the SEC. We're going to take Virginia, Virginia Tech, I think. I no, think the Big Ten's going no. after Virginia, Virginia. Virginia's yeah. going where we go. <laughs> That's not true. Yes. I talked to Virginia. Virginia, I called Virginia Tech. I'm going to get Virginia on the phone Virginia right Virginia Tech now. is actually on the chopping block. You think They're Co- like right on the line. Like I I will, I could hear Virginia Tech. How about this? You guys can have NC State and Virginia you Tech. You have to give, give the Big Ten something. What can we have? NC you, State, Virginia Tech. We're keeping Wake Forest. No, we, no, no. That's not enough. That's, no, that's, that's enough. not a, that's no deal. We're taking Louisville then and Notre Dame. You can have Louisville. We have Louisville and Notre Dame. No, and we have. And we're we have taking Notre Kentucky Dame. just for fun. <laughs> no, we have Notre Dame. <laughs> I think Notre Dame is actually the chip that the ACC has to call the but SEC. But they don't right. really have Notre Dame if you don't have Notre but Dame. But we're football. saying we do. But, but we're saying we do. If you don't have Notre we're, Dame, we're football. saying that Notre Dame's in, and we haven't talked to them yet. But they're they're definitely in. We're gonna have to call them on the back end, but they're definitely in. That's our first point, though, when we call the SEC. I we're think, like, do you want Carolina Duke, and do you want Notre Dame? And, and if you're SC, if you're if you're Sankey, you're like yes and yes, and then Boom. SEC signs off on Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's like, this is the first we're hearing of this. We are <laughs> we're well, pack up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing Sundays. You're playing on Saturdays. Kansas Saturdays to the Big Ten in the South. seems like it's happening. Uh-huh. By the way, Kansas to the Big Ten seems like it's happening, and Iowa State has like got a lot of momentum in the last few days uh-huh. as uh, Iowa State to the Big Ten. See, which those I don't are hate. perfect Big Ten teams. Iowa State best two win basketball team of all time last yeah. year. People forget that. Yeah. So Kansas, <laughs> Kansas will be good for the Big Ten, right? Kansas that's, would be awesome for the Big Ten. That's what I'm saying. We're going to two super conferences. We're just yeah. going to be on. Op- it's better for the show if we're on opposite sides. 
It, it That's is. fine, but I'm saying the, the big 40 versus the SEC. I didn't think you'd be so excited about it. Oh, I'm excited. That's like that's crazy to me. I, I want to I I want to have South Carolina in my conference. Okay, I that's want to fine. Beat you can have them. We're I'm telling you, the Big Ten is going to break your heart taking all sorts of other schools. Then. CBS taking, football. We're, we're taking Louisville. We're, no, we're not going to take Louisville. Louisville sucks. I wish Vern would be we're, calling the games. We're taking Notre Dame. I I gotta call the I gotta call Kevin Warren after the show. I gotta <laughs> I gotta tell him where did Kevin Warren go to school. I forget. Let me look it up. That's got me worried, actually. He went to Carolina. Did he really? I'm not sure, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> Where did he go to school? Let me see. <laughs> Kevin Warren. Come on, Carolina. Oh, yeah, that's right. He went to uh, Penn. And then Damn he went it. to... to he, no, he went to Grand Canyon, too. That's right. <laughs> and then, uh, so you guys are getting the Pac-12. Oh, University of Notre Dame Law School. Uh, Kevin Warren. Doesn't doesn't check out. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> not not adding up on my end. Oh man. Uh the the last thought I have on all this too that I want to throw out is um we gotta go international. I think that that's a that's yes. a galaxy brain move for the I big team to get the Carlton Ravens from yeah. Canada mm. and inherit the Canadian dynasty. Get that tap into the the entire Canadian market. Mm-hmm. Bada bing, bada boom. Mm-hmm. We are beyond a super conference now. We are an international conference. Yeah. We are you know. We are the conference in all of North America. That's yeah. cool that the SEC kind of has like this little pocket of the United States. No, we, but everyone's watching. We have all of North America. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten has all of North America. We're going for Slovenia and Croatia as well. <laughs> 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 we want the next Tony Kukoc uh, playing in our league. Any shout outs before we go? Oh, man. Honestly, that was the stupidest conversation I've ever had, but I had a great time doing it. I'm hurt. I want to shout out. Um, you know what? You know what pisses me off the most is what? that I, I still don't know how serious you are that like we're going to get done <laughs> recording. You're going to turn to me and be like, dude, that'd be kind of tight if Carolina went to the Big Ten. And I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> I'm be so mad. There's a chance right. that happens. I already know it's happening. I already know it's happening. I already know I'm go- I'm staying in the. I know the SEC is taking us, so I'm just <laughs> I'm accepting it. Uh, man, honestly, just shout out to the Maui Invitational. Again, yep. you and I are going to be back for that. Uh, we're going to have a great time. We're going to see Mike Bray. Uh, that's my first shout out. I'm so rattled right now as I think about the fact that like I have so much ACC gear. You know, and I went to every single ACC media day from yeah. like 20, 2012 to like 2015. I, I represent the ACC. That's what, who, who, I love the ACC. Okay, put it this way. Which conference is more likely to allow <sighs> you to maintain your ACC heritage and not mm. force you to uh, adopt the new conference? Mm. You know, the, the See, conference but I, I wouldn't listen to the it. SEC. You know, I'm not I'm not listening to them. But I'm you know and we have friends, like we're cool with LSU. Like we we're like we have we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Which okay, what uh, between the Big Ten and SEC, North Carolina can join either one. Which conference is more likely to tell you to take down all your ACC banners because you're no longer in the ACC? And which mm. one's like, yeah, you can leave them up if you want. Uh, mm. we, we respect the heritage. Mm. The Big Ten will let you leave the banners up. Yeah, I know. But the SEC is going to say yeah. anything that happened before you joined this conference did not happen. Get it out of here. They're going to make you take Michael Jordan's banners down. Oh, my God. They're going to make you get rid of everything. Dean Smith did not exist. <laughs> he didn't exist. Wipe them from this the is history so books. Sad. This is, like, what, what are we doing? Why, do, why are we making super conferences? This is supposed to be a joke. <laughs> this has gone too far. Uh, speaking of uh, the ACC and, and guys being wiped from the history books, I certainly hope this doesn't happen um, with Coach K. I want to give him a quick shout out. Mm. Uh, entering his final season as the head coach at Duke, maybe the final season the Duke's in the ACC. Maybe he's mm. going to, to jump ship and then the ship yes. sinks. Maybe that's it. Very Vic Bubis of him. That's what Vic, Vic yeah. Bubis did. He he started the Sunbelt Conference. <laughs> so maybe Coach K is going to lead the new Super Conference, the SCC. He's going to be the SCC Commissioner. Guy. 
the the, the leader. super conference, Our conference. Su- supreme leader <laughs> man i hope this doesn't happen the more we talk about it the more i'm joking i'm like this sounds terrible save the acc can i can i do that now can we save the acc can we have some integrity do you want to do like a a, a telethon yes, yes. For it's like me marquise williams like uh, jay billis <laughs> jay williams somehow isn't there we're like we need jay williams <laughs> KD uh, is trolling us. I uh, think the, the Big Ten should go after the Ivy League too. That's my other Galaxy brain idea. Mm. Get all the Ivy League, and then I'm, you have I'm that telling superiority. That to the ACC. Yeah, yeah, because that's the other part. The ACC is coming to bring that GPA up. You yeah. know what I mean? That's yeah. that's why I couldn't be in the SEC. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get our GPA up. <laughs> We're public Ivies. <laughs> so, in your hypothetical world, the Big Ten is just going to add, die. Add, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, we'll give the Big Ten, Kansas State, and Iowa State. Uh, The SEC is going to take every other school. Yeah, we can can give them nothing. And there's nothing the Big Ten can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's not fun. Uh, I want to shout out Robbie Hummel uh, before we go, who um, is taking a lot of L's lately. Mm. And I just wanted to to say, Robbie, if you're out there, (laughs) we're thinking of you, buddy, because... um, First of all, he was on the the, the Purdue alumni team yes. that lost to Ohio State in Mackie the Magic. basketball tournament. Yeah, and he had like no help, and he was frustrated with the refs. And you, yeah, you, 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 I don't know. I, I felt bad for Robbie that he, you could tell he wanted to be on Carmen's crew. He wanted to be on their Ohio State team. Mm-hmm. Get in line, Robbie. I want to be on the team. I wasn't invited. <laughs> yet. Uh, but but more importantly, you lost to John Diebler. Yeah, I that's know. more importantly. That's kind of, yeah, more importantly, I hated that. Um, the Olympics are going on, Tate, and mm. people are watching three x three, as we call it. Those of us in the know, we don't call <laughs> yes. it three on three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been doing the three x three U deal. Um, three years, three years now. Yeah, yeah, we've done it three years with Robbie. Uh, Robbie was on the United States team that tried to qualify for the Olympics. They did not qualify, and now I'm seeing Robbie take a lot of stray bullets from people that are just turning on the Olympics, watching three on three, and then saying, "How the hell did the USA not qualify?" We sent out a bunch of bums to. Uh, <laughs> there were a bunch of bums on our team. On and on and on. And this man just cannot live. And I just wanted to say, Robbie, we're thinking of you, buddy. And that, uh, you know, th- it was not your fault. It's not it your wasn't fault. your fault. It's yeah. not your fault. Yeah. You have no help. It's a very That's yeah, how it good works. That's moment. how it works in it's basketball circles, Tate. If mm-hmm. you lose a game you're supposed to win, yep. you just say the best player didn't have enough help. Yep. Robbie Hummel didn't have enough help. It's not your fault, Robbie. We have your back. We need a super team. We need to form a super team. He needs Robbie. He needs better players around him. I agree. Yes. I agree. Um, and then my, you, my final shout out, uh, speaking of Olympics, I was watching Jason Lezak, uh, the final leg of the four by 100 in 2008, when the French dude said, uh, after France beat us in the, uh, uh, basketball game, uh, which by the way, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we, we, we start the Olympics by losing to France. We could talk about that for like 30 minutes if we had to, but we'll skip cause we, we, I, we can't do that. I, uh, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to feel like we were better than France. Cause like I, that didn't sit well with me that we lost. So I went back and I watched, oh, eight, the uh, four by 100 oh, race yeah. when Lizak saves at the end and the French team going into the race was like, we're going to smash America and all that. And mm-hmm. I rewatched it and I had chills and I, it, it made it feel like the it basketball so game good. didn't even happen. So I know. there you go. So Let me just Jason say, Lizak. 2016, the U.S. women, 27 gold medals. Think about that. Just the U.S. women had 27 gold medals. In 2016? In 2016. What, 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 what am I thinking? Of? The U.S. women themselves yeah. alone had 27. Is that gold. a lot? That's a lot. <laughs> I don't know the context. The context is that other countries like Great Britain I don't, had I don't 27. Know, I don't know what a lot is. Okay. All right. We had as okay. many, just the women <laughs> as many. And now I'm looking at this team and I'm like, we're going to get bronze in basketball. Jim, would you know how many gold medals is a lot? I was wondering 30, that, 30 is, that is crazy like, for that. 30 is like the leader. That's usually that's usually the leader. Thir- like if you have 30 gold medals yeah. in an entire Olympics, yeah, that's you're an, killing it. 
Really? Yeah, but I mean, we're not talking full metal count. Full metal count is a lot. It's like so. Say we had twenty six, twenty seven as just the U.S. gold medals women, as the U.S. women. Not gold even medal. in the U.S. men, and the U.S. men had twenty seven <laughs> themselves. It's the most Big Ten stat of the day bullshit I've ever heard. I'm just saying that's how dominant we were. You were talking about reflecting nostalgia. Okay. Right. We were we were top dog. I was just trying to understand for three yeah. straight Olympics. <laughs> we were, we had a three peat. No, I love it. We I'm with you. I'm excited. I get, it gets the blood. But you flow, know what's dude. happening right now? But We're 2004 Lakers. I know, you know what I mean? I know. We got Carl Malone. We got Gary Payton. And we got no hope. I know. I know. It's not good. It's a bummer. It's 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 a big time bummer. But uh, <laughs> whatever. We'll figure it out. Um, all right. Thanks for listening. Thanks to uh, Sam Vecini for joining us. Thanks yes. to Mal Invitational for uh, giving us the big time scoop. And mm. thanks to uh, Kevin Warren for graduating from Notre Dame. So you can post God. Notre Dame. For I was hoping he went to Carolina. We appreciate it. <laughs> See you guys. Before we go, one more reminder about the Olympics going on. Basketball fans, if you're excited as we are about the Tokyo Olympics, you're going to want to sign up for Peacock, the streaming service from NBC Universal. Peacock is the home for every U.S. men's basketball game with every game from the team streaming live. First one didn't go our way. We lost to France, as we know, but we we're going to bounce back. We know we know USA is going to win gold. They're going to find a way. They have to, or else I don't know what Tate and I are going to do. Uh, game two coming up on Wednesday. We're playing Iran. That's a, I'm, I'm calling it. It's a gimme. We're going to get it done. You're going to want to watch it. Go get Peacock. Don't miss a minute of the action. Go to PeacockTV.com and sign up right now.